Hello everybody, this is Here Comes the Spider Cast number 17 covering October 1981 Spidey Comics. I am your co-host Michael and as always I'm joined by Joshua Mervell and uh, today we're going to be starting off with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 221 and then uh, maybe we'll jump to the annual Amazing Spider-Man sure. annual. Yeah, uh, and then we've got Marvel Team Up number one ten. After that, and then we're gonna finish things off with Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number fifty nine. Right. So yeah, starting off with Amazing number two twenty one, mm -hmm. um, we have a script by Denny O'Neill again. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, boy. And um, pencils, uh, guest pencils by Alan Kupperberg, who. Um, I know because he drew um, a couple issues of Transformers in the 80s. Are you familiar okay. with Alan Kupperberg? No, I'm actually not. I was going to say, I, I don't think I recognize him. I mean, he was never like a, 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 like a huge uh, penciler or, or a popular one, but um, he's done, you know, he did some uh, Supergirl in the past. Okay. He did some random stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of, he's not, he's not great but I, there is some stuff i like about his art which we can talk about later yeah but I, I was gonna say decent. i think for the most part i i really enjoyed his art um because yeah, john romita jr uh has been uh doing a lot of the pencils for the denny o'neill stories and yeah. <laughs> those are really like the only redeeming qualities i feel mm -hmm. of, of a lot of the denny o'neill stories is that john romita jr is doing the the art but yeah, yeah i think that a, a lot of the like particularly the faces and Peter Parker hat sure. like looks like Peter Parker and looks like John Romita Jr. would draw. So sure. I'm, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that maybe th there must have been uh, some character sheets and kind of turnaround so that they can get a mm -hmm. feel of what the characters are supposed to look like and try to keep them on model as much as they could, because sure. I feel like these ones are pretty spot on. Yeah. And um, the, now the inking by Jim Mooney overpowers it a little bit, but I've seen him where he inks himself and he's actually got a really interesting style. You know oh, what? I think I think he did the Howard the Duck issue of Marvel Team Up that we read. Remember? A few oh, back? OK. Yeah. Yeah. That was him. So he definitely has a, an interesting style. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, definitely not bad art. Now, as far as the story goes... This is yet another weird uh, issue. Yeah, um, it was really boring. Yeah. Weird. Like, the first half was, like, extremely boring. And then the second half was mm -hmm. just so buck wild. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> this, yeah. this plot takes such a weird turn. Yes. And, uh, and oh. Well, let's just talk about it briefly. Yeah, so sure. First, it starts out Spidey and his usual, you know, he's on um, campus at Empire State University, mm -hmm. right? And then he goes into work slash school, and um, and then he comes across this other guy um, who's rushing somewhere, and that guy goes into his lab or whatever, and there's this supervillain standing in the lab named Ramrod who starts threatening him because he's got this plan cooked up, and this guy's going to help him. It's just sort of right. ridiculous. Then Peter, blah, 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 he's talking to the... Um, the dean about his failing grades or whatever and blah 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 work performance then spider-man goes outside and of course ramrod's just standing there ah <laughs> uh, and then it's just spider spider-man we ain't mixed it since frisco that time and then the little note at the bottom way back in daredevil 103 and it's just that typical 
crappy, no motivation, yeah. super villain fight that I really don't like. And then they just fight for a few pages and it's just all crap. What do you think of this part? Yeah, th- this is the part I was talking about, which was just kind of boring. Um, okay. I don't mind uh, some of the Peter Parker stuff that happens, like him mm-hmm. having to go talk to the dean and right. stuff like that. Yeah, that that's not that bad. feels like a Peter Parker story. But then right. Ramrod coming in and just kind of yes. spilling his plot and then walking around campus with this like mm-hmm. half metal dome head. Yeah. Like nobody's really caring or noticing. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It it was it just, just kind of boring and, and bland, I think. Right. And then... It just cliche. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of goes crazy, like I was saying. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what word did you use again? Buck wild. Buck wild. <laughs> yes, it goes buck wild. Yeah. Peter, yeah, so Peter Parker goes to a bar to see his... Uh, to see this gig, right? Right. Um, and of course, then, Pinky's there. And of course, there. who's there? Yeah, but Deborah Whitman and her boyfriend. Oh, just, right. Ridiculous uh, coincidence. Um, right. And then, yeah, of course, his neighbor... I th- he came there to see Lonesome Pinky, didn't he? I think he did. Right. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's just ridiculous. I don't know. And then, like, L- Lonesome Pinky singing, it's just... Okay, this is where it goes crazy. You're right. Lonesome Pinky is singing... But everyone in the crowd is affected by this drug that has been put in. Is it the the alcohol? In, yeah. How do they get somebody, it? somebody yells, "Free drinks on the house!" And mm-hmm. uh, that's what that's what the he the Ramrod was doing at the science lab. Right. So he was getting the scientists to make this poi like chemical that would make everybody mm-hmm. aggressive and mean. Right. Um, it's very Kingsman esque. <laughs> Uh, oh, I haven't seen that. I oh, seen that. okay. No. Uh, yeah, so the, they kind of get all aggressive, but the thing that calms them down is Pinky playing. Ridiculous. Like, this is uh, this is a plot out of, I don't even know what. This is beneath uh, a, a kid's cartoon, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's just random. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. really make much sense. No. Doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, why? Why is the music calming them down? It, it's just because it's crap. I don't know because the I, I writing is crap. Because, That's why? Because I think it's so weird because every time we've seen Lonesome Pincus, he's yeah. made Peter Parker so extremely frustrated that he's punched through a wall. He's yes. like bro- broken things. Like he's always extremely aggressive when he hears him sing. So why all of a sudden is it the opposite? I know, I know. It, it, it would have been different if maybe throughout the story, Peter Parker keeps falling asleep because of the music. Like, that could have been, like, funny, I guess. Sure, to have, sure. You know, he's he's always late for the dates because with Deb because he's falling asleep because the music is so, like, boring and quiet. And right. then it, it has at least some sort of payoff in this moment where his right. music is Good calming point. everybody down. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just so absolutely random. Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite of what should have happened. No, I know. And then, of course, he gets the cure. And then Spider-Man gets the cure. And then he goes back. And Ramrod's there. So he's got to fight him. Of course. And there's a fight scene. And fisticuffs. <sighs> I don't know. It's just really stupid. And then yeah. um, it's like, yeah, pages and pages of fighting. 
and, and then, it's not um, even anything really interesting like nothing no. super exciting happens like the biggest thing is they they like jump through a bunch of tires and <laughs> ramrod is kind of getting stuck in them but even mm-hmm. that's not super clever like it's just no uh, whatever and then you know what else, you know what's funny is um as i'm you know at the same time that we're reading these comics people are coincidentally posting on uh, certain Facebook pages about how they're actually reading this story and everyone's raving about it. Really? How much they love. Yeah, like, well, this era of Denny O'Neill. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, really? Because I'm reading those right now and they're garbage. You know, <laughs> they're complete garbage. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so there's a fist fight and then Spider-Man goes back and puts the right. cure in everyone's individual drink. Mm-hmm. According to Kissick, I drop in each glass, we'll do the trick. It's working. They're coming back to their senses. They're going to make it. What? Guess a- what? Guess what? Two panels later, the story's The story's over. done. What yep. a, what a Denny O'Neill ending, huh? Uh-huh. It's and then, so so fast. He, he's even has the nerve to put a uh, a person saying, "Yeah, who was that masked man?" Like, "Oh my god, this is just paint by numbers at this point. Garbage." Yeah. No, I didn't like this. No. So, story not recommended art is definitely decent yeah. but um overall not a recommended issue no so in comparison from the amazing spider-man to the amazing spider-man annual number 15 mm-hmm. i think that this is an amazing story i absolutely loved this comic in it was let's put it this way it, it tells me that either frank miller co-plotted this or Maybe Denny O'Neill is just more at home with like crime stories, but yes, this was much better. This was I had so much fun reading this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so written by Denny O'Neill and drawn by Frank Miller, inked by Klaus Jansen, but mm-hmm. you can take it from here. Uh, I absolutely loved like the news articles almost being chapters in this like sure. noir story. It's like right, this mystery right. is going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see uh, at the beginning we see the Punisher going and uh assassinating this cult leader who is like kind of messing around with these people and making this woman sick right uh and spider-man kind of intervenes and stops well it doesn't stop punisher but he tries to catch him and uh the ring that this mob boss or this cult leader is using to poison and, and stun these people and make them sick, Doc Ock is after it. So he goes and steals right. it. And it's kind of this plot where Doc Ock is uh, trying to kill a bunch of people in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's this mystery of what's happening and where, every, every, where he's hiding. And uh, Spider-Man and Punisher have to end up uh, teaming up at the end of the day to stop him. And it's just fantastic. It's really, really good. Well, it's definitely, um, like you said, um, one of the, so the running subplot is that the Daily Planet, or <laughs> Daily, the Daily Bugle is about to publish a um, headline, mm-hmm. and the headline is Guru Shot, and then J. Jonah Jameson rejects it because it, um, what does he say here? See if you can establish a connection between Spider-Man and the Punisher, uh, blah, blah, blah. So basically, he's delaying using it as the front page. And so the ongoing subplot of the story is every time there's a new development in the mystery, that becomes the new headline, but then mm-hmm. it gets rejected again for a different reason, right? Right. And then it just goes from there. So that's that's definitely a cool way to organize the story. 
Um, there's definitely some really cool art from Frank Miller. But it's funny because compared to the annual that we reviewed a few weeks back, I still think that art was better, the one with Doctor Strange. Okay. Um, but this art is really good. But it's funny because I do usually associate Frank Miller with Klaus Janssen, but mm -hmm. I just found this art a little bit sloppier. What did you think? Yeah, I think maybe the art itself was a little bit sloppier. Maybe that was the inking, yeah. uh, possibly. But I do really love a lot of the poses and a lot of the stuff um like how it's drawn sure or sorry like like what is being drawn not necessarily how it's drawn okay uh like one in, in particular uh there's a panel on so on digital page 11 uh we have this pose uh that spider-man is in and he's kind of like he's just jumped through the window of the brother of the cult leader who's still alive to get some information from him and he's like stuck to the window but he's kind of curled up and he's got his head in his hand and he's kind of doing this sarcastic pose and surprising him it's on yeah digital page 11 i think my page numbers are different because i still have the ads so oh, okay let me see so my pages should be oh my gosh i noticed that too i love it when he's like he's like leaning on the um, the filing, filing cabinet? cabinet yeah yeah that's I, a freaking good pose. i love yep. it it's so cool like because i i can completely picture that like in real life happening like how exactly right. sticking to the wall and uh yeah it's this kind of cocky funny intimidating right. pose for him to just appear in and that's the first time both the audience sees him and this guy that's intimidated by him uh mm -hmm. sees him i think it's fantastic and it's something we've never seen, but like yeah. never seen before. And that's a like, you know, props to Frank Miller for thinking of that. Because, for sure. You know, it's hard to come up with new poses for Spider-Man, but he did it, right? So Right. Well, I, you know, I don't even think it should be that hard. I think it's just that they reuse like the iconic poses. Sure. Because stuff like this is so fun. I don't know why they don't do that more often. Well, unfortunately, just lack of imagination, I think. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't know, but could be yeah but even if you flip to the next page there's even like a really cool shot of um spider-man kind of crawling he's almost coming out of the panel mm -hmm. as he's going away from the guy as he's hanging upside down so there's a, and then you know you know right above that there's like the three panel sequence of the I guy hanging that. upside down and you can there's see that he's that. spinning like he's slowly right. spinning because he's Good hanging point. upside down right i love Good that point. yeah yep. it's it's really cool really clever i also it, love the panel layout in a lot of these th these uh mm -hmm. pages Especially right. with the stuff with Doc Ock. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of long vertical panels. Sure. And it's yep. a lot of the times where his arms are kind of coming in and reaching for something or punching or hitting sure. things. Yep. And it you can really feel like the speed and the strength and power. Yes. Uh, yes. Just by the panel and how it's laid out and how long it is. Like you can – without having to, you know – show the the Doc Ock arm entering in one frame and then in the next one it's completely extended out. You just have right. it completely extended in this long panel. You can tell that it traveled that entire way. Well, I think we're on the, I'm on the page where the, the arm is coming in and ripping away that worker 
and then Doc Ock is going in and grabbing that canister. Is yeah. that what page you're on? It's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. And Very then look good. at the bottom when Spidey swings in. That's a great shot of Spidey. Yeah, I think earlier too he's fighting. Um, he's fighting Punisher, and like okay. that. There's a first. There's a, the first panel. I think his. It's just like completely the arm, and then the, and then at the end you see Punisher's face, and he's just being punched by the arm. Let me see if I can find okay, that. It, yeah, you know, it's right yeah. before the page um, with the cool Spidey pose. Okay. Which cool Spidey pose? The the one where he's uh, on the window with his like, legs oh, crossed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just a minute. So, digital 10 for anybody who's uh, reading the digital Falling one. Along. Oh, geez. I got to find this again. <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I love so, yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. That is really cool. You're right. You, you like all of these panels. You can feel the speed again just by how the panel is laid out and how much extra room there is mm-hmm. where the arm is just kind of there, like extended yep. towards the other side of the panel. It's it's mm-hmm. really really good. Yeah, again, just really creative. Yeah, you know, like, and that's the thing is like usually I prefer, like I've said before, I prefer art that's more, I guess, polished, like Michael Golden or someone. But the fact is, like, because you can look, you can, if you break it down and look at, like, the individual components, you could say, well, the fingers don't quite look right and this Mm. doesn't quite look right. But it's just the imagination he puts into it, you know, that just makes it work. Right. I'd rather the anatomy be a little bit off and tell a good story through the art. Right. Like, Yes, me too. I I would take this over most of the stories we've read because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of stuff to look at. It tells a story without having to have the dialogue there at all. Good point. Good point. So yep. I, I I absolutely love this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is that even when he's teamed up with Denny O'Neill, who we don't usually like, mm-hmm. he's able to pull such a good story from it. Yeah. Right? For sure. It's it's like they say it's it's not what the story is, it's how the story is told. And that's what Frank Miller is obviously a master at. Like he's mm-hmm. he's taking this story that may or not be may or may not be great, but he's doing it in a way that makes it so interesting. Right. To follow along with. And and this is also um a time when, you know, Frank Miller was bringing sort of a grittier realism to Daredevil at the time. And we didn't see it as much in Spider-Man, but as you'll see in the later years, it will get a little bit more like this with um, with when Roger Stern moves over to Amazing. I think you'll see it become more like this, which I really like, you mm-hmm. know. And there's, there's did you did you notice that really cool splash page of Spider-Man punching out Doc Ock? Yes, I, that was that was another note I had. I also love that. What I really like about it too is on the previous page, the panel before the splash splash page is completely silhouetted. So it's like a light blue background and then Doc Ock and yes. Spider-Man and like all mm-hmm. of this like techno jargon or whatever is completely sure. black and you see the silhouette of it and right. you have a little bit of dialogue. A swell evil genius like you shouldn't be wasted. Boom. But yep. hurt that you should be. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. I, I think it makes that splash page even more fantastic. Good point. To have Good that point. contradiction of like the solid black, and then mm-hmm. you cut to like an all white panel with just Spidey knocking out Doc Ock, and the yep. arms like the 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 squiggles and the lines of the the arms. Right. Uh, it's so good. You know what? This actually, I want to bring up something quick. A little side note here. Um, 
I, I've taken side by side comparisons of these classic comics side by side with the reprinted or digital versions, and sometimes they com- they go in and they completely recolor them. Okay, and it drives me crazy. But another thing that I I didn't know happened was um, there was a reprint of a Batman story by Neil Adams, and not only did they completely recolor the story, which is understandable. They actually used the computer coloring to create new shadows, like, you know, Batman's shadow over top of someone, which I didn't like. But beyond that, they would actually take, like, let's just say you had a shot of the moon. And then in the original art, the moon was just a yellow circle. They would actually go in. And make it, like, add the craters and and everything? Yeah, add craters to it. Like, it looked like a photograph. Like, are you kidding me? That's not what a comic book is supposed to look like. You know, this is what a comic book is supposed to look like. I understand, like cleaning it up and recoloring but you're supposed to emulate what the original spark original art was supposed to look like not add to it exactly exactly i think that's a lot of the problems with like like the the star wars movies too with george lucas going back like it has that same feel like no that's we didn't want all this extra junk right and i'm i'm telling you right now i don't usually advocate for illegal um downloading but I gleefully encourage people to Mm -hmm. download the despecialized versions of Star Wars because until George Lucas releases the original cuts remastered in HD, I am going to continue to watch the illegal despecialized editions because nobody on earth wants to see CGI bullshit added into a 1977 movie. You don't like McClunky? Wait, which one? What's McClunky? (laughs) That's the newest thing that everybody's talking about. Greedo now yells McClunky right before he dies. Oh, uh, <laughs> it no. was on Disney Plus. I don't know why that was. That was the only thing that was changed. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't want to think about that. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So back to the story. Anyways. So, yeah. This so, is fantastic. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. It is. Um. So obviously, this is a highly recommended. There's another thing. There's a little bonus at the end. Right. Um. The just how strong um, is Spider-Man? Yes, yeah. and you know what's interesting is this was before you, you you've read Marvel Universe, right? Yeah. Okay, so the the handbook of the Marvel Universe is the character by character guide to every character in the Marvel Universe. It's kind of like a manual mm-hmm. for all the characters. It started in I think eighty three, then there was another edition in eighty five, then an update in eighty nine, and then another one. This was before that, so it's it, they don't even give exact measurements, but they 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 show like pictures of all the mar- the major Marvel superheroes and where they fit in as far as power class. So at the very top, they have the Hulk, Thor, Hercules, Wonder Man, Iron Man, and they're called the super heavyweights. Then they go down one and it's the heavyweights, then the, the super medium weights, which includes Spider-Man, and then there's the medium weights, mm-hmm. and then there's... What's, the bottom one doesn't really have a name, but it's basically people with just... Oh, I assume that they were hu- also medium weights. Oh, okay, maybe they are. Yeah. But yeah, they're people with just normal human strength, like Captain America, Wolverine, you know, which people tend to forget because in the movies, Captain America is like falling from skyscrapers and surviving. Like Captain America is supposed to just be an Olympian level athlete. That's it. Right. So whatever, that times have changed, I guess. But this mm-hmm. is the way it was in 1982 or 81, I guess. Yeah, it's also weird, I guess, seeing Wolverine in medium weights too. Well, again, he's... But supposed to just be normal human strength yeah so at least back then he was mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so, um, you know, then there's little tidbits in the back, like Peter Parker's apartment. They kind of show that. Then there's uh, pinups and explanations for the man wolf. Jackal. Um, the jackal. The mm-hmm. Punisher. A really weird shot of the Punisher. Yeah, Tarantula. He, he's like pointing the gun really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a weird shot. Before he was kind of, um, you know, like, fi- I guess his design was sort of evolving at that time. Right. And then there's uh, Tarantula. So, yeah, basically, overall, a really cool annual. Like, during a time when, when annuals were still kind of essential reading, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is definitely a good one. So, I recommend it. I'm sure you do. Oh, for that. sure. Yeah. This is one of my favorite ones we've read. All right. All right. Me too. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, now we're going to jump over to Marvel Team Up. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man in a story that I just read and I cannot remember a goddamn thing about. Okay. Okay. Do you? Do you remember anything about this story? <laughs> yeah. So this this guy, Magma, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why. There's a bunch of like earthquakes happening and earth tremors. Yeah. So Spider-Man and Tony Stark, Iron Man, go and investigate. And it turns out that it's Magma and he's... I can't remember what his big deal is. He's like... <laughs> He's he wants to destroy the city. I'm pretty sure. Probably, yeah. Uh, and using these earthquakes, and they stop him. And honestly, I feel like this story felt the most similar to the Spider-Man TV show that we watched. Yes, I could see that. Like it, just it, a very hokey plot. Yeah, right? like over the top, and you know, Tony Stark has this. What is it like an earthquake detecting machine <laughs> kind of right? And, and somehow Spidey stops the earthquakes from happening using the machine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. And then they've got this uh, what's it called like um like the drill. Yeah, the drill <laughs> that the drill down. And then it's funny because um they end up in a tunnel now as. All we we all know that in comic books and cartoons, tunnels always have full illumination, right? Even though they should be completely black. I think he, they so, do mention that, though. You know they do, but yeah. I was going to say at least they they point that they go, but it seems to be lit by some kind of artificial illumination, right? Which okay, at least they acknowledge it. But the thing is, is we should point out that the art and the plot were by Herb Trimpey. The dialogue or the script is by David Michelinie, who is a good writer. But what I'm thinking is, is Herb Trimpey Trimpey probably just sort of plotted this out, the very basics, right. drew it, and then David Michelini had to kind of figure it out as he went along, I'm assuming. Yeah, right? that makes sense. So, I don't know. Then we get this... Um, then Magma comes in, and, you know, Spidey and Iron Man are kind of captured. Also, and what a goofy-looking and... villain, huh? Yeah, he, really goofy. He looks like a character from Mask. Yeah, yeah, I can see <laughs> have you, have you, you remember that show? Oh, are you kidding me? I got all the comics. Oh, of awesome. course. All the toys. Yeah. <laughs> Love masks. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's really kind of corny mm-hmm. and cheesy. Um, I really kind of like that uh, Magma ends up stopping Spider-Man and Iron Man and then having them like tied up into in the evil layer monologuing. I actually right, really like right. that. Like. I think that if that happened too often, it would get very old. But sure. seeing it now, it, it really feels like very stereotypical superhero idea. And I just kind of enjoyed reading it. 
Yeah, like it's basically a throwback. It right. just feels like a it could this story could be from the 60s, right? It would yeah. fit right in with the 1960s. Yeah. So Whew. This is one of those ones where, yeah, as I was reading it, my eyes were glazing over. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really pulled in by this story at all. Okay. Yeah, I I actually had a little bit more fun with this one than I thought. Okay. Um, I, I don't think it was fantastic, but sure. I don't think I was as bored as you were. But I I think I was just kind of into that uh, throwback sure, feel yeah. of it. And it was definitely fun. Yeah. And like we said, like I I like Herb Trimpey. I like David Michelinie. So it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of cliche. Yeah. So uh, do I recommend it? Not exactly. No, I, Not exactly. Yeah. I I uh, I don't think I would point this one out to be like, yeah, you should go read this one. Mm-hmm. But if somebody was reading it, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Like I don't want to talk to somebody about it. You know. Right. 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 But. Okay, so kind of an average issue yeah. of Marvel Team Up, but Marvel Team Up is always kind of average. Like it's 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 never really great, but it's kind of average. But right. Yeah. So that brings us to once again the best issue of the month: Peter Parker of the Spectacular Spider-Man. Another issue that I love. Right. But um, before we get into the interiors, I want to point out the cover was drawn by Bob. I, I think it's. Bob Wyasek. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's usually an inker. Mm-hmm. Um, the cover's not great. What do you think of this cover? Yeah, it's a little bland. Yeah, uh, the pose is a little stiff. Yeah, I, I don't think that the anatomy is off a whole lot, but the poses aren't very interesting. Right. The coloring isn't very great. No. Uh, not a great cover. I mean, even the, the word bubble around we want Peter Parker the Spectacular right. Spider-Man is kind of boring like this is really right. not much to it no 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 it's it's especially compared to last month's cover yeah. it's just not very good um the interior art is drawn by jim mooney who's been inking and or drawing a lot of these spider-man comics lately mm-hmm. so i do like the art mm-hmm. it is again a little bit more 60s ish yeah. than the last issue but i still really like it and basically we're picking up where we left off last month with this uh, this guy making a documentary about Spider-Man, which is really cool. And then we're introduced to this guy called Marty Blank, mm-hmm. who at first I had no, I couldn't remember who he was, but okay, so I just kind of follow it along. And all of a sudden this guy, Marty Blank, decides that he, um, he sees Spider-Man and it kind of sets him off, but we don't know why yet. And then um, <laughs> um, he kind of goes, yeah, he's kind of like, uh, doing his own thing, but again, if you don't know who Marty Blank is, we kind of don't know why yet, but he's he's out to get Spider-Man, right. and we're not really sure. So then we kind of touch base with Spidey, and um, he's kind of doing his thing. He rescues an old man from uh, two people racing their cars. Then he then he arrests, kind of, well, he kind of um, webs up the guys in the cars to yeah. kind of make them, you know, uh, to arrest them for the police or whatever. <laughs> right, he kind of ties them upright in the right, cars. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, again, kind of ridiculous, but whatever. It's still Spider-Man fun. And then we touch base. um, We kind of join in where we left off last month, which is with the Beetle, Mm -hmm. who has just designed his new armor. And because of the battle that Spider-Man had with the Ringer last week or last month, um, now he's kind of formulating his plan of how he's going to beat Spider-Man, right? Right. So he's kind of showing off his new armor. Yeah, we get a little bit of, of like a James Bond testing out his new tech page. Right. Yeah. Right, smashing through a wall and doing some other stuff, and it's kind of cool because he actually shows that um, he ha- he's he's talking 
he's narrating to himself, thinking right. to himself about the information on the computer. And then he's like, this thin magnetic memory wafer is programmed with a detailed analysis of Spider-Man's fighting prowess. It's kind of cool, yeah. you know? A wafer, anyway. Um, and then, you know, it kind of just goes from there. So then we have... Um, it's kind of weird because now we have Marty Blank and this documentary filmmaker um, flying over top of New York. And at one point, the guy says... I don't know why I let you talk me into it, you crazy gorilla. And then he says, Jack, how long have we known each other? Uh, a couple months, I guess. Then do me a favor and put that camera down a minute. Huh, sure, but why? Because it's very expensive and I don't want you to drop it. Now, don't ever call me a crazy gorilla, understand? <laughs> it just goes through. Yeah. It's kind of over the top, right. but whatever. So then, um, so then we have this subplot of the guy who was introduced last month. Um, what's his name? Greg Salinger? Right? The blonde... Yeah. Right. Okay, who's yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. Who's getting hassled by these uh, these guys, like, on campus. And so Spider-Man... So Peter Parker changes into Spider-Man to sort of intervene, but then he finds out that these tough guys are actually from the FBI. Right. And there's some secret past with Greg Salinger that we don't know about yet, but we'll, I'm sure we'll find out about in the future. So then as uh, Spider-Man's going along, of course, then the beetle comes down. But before the beetle can intervene... We go. We jump back to Marty Blank, and we find out that Marty Blank is in fact the Gibbon. Right. Which is funny because I actually read the the last story that the Gibbon was in on Flea Market Fantasy. Oh, recently. interesting. So yeah, so I actually I actually know exactly where this story is picking up from. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then it kind of just goes from there. You know, there's fisticuffs between these two, and then later the Beetle comes in, and I don't know. It's Spider-Man a pretty interesting fist fight. Destroys another water tower. Of course, there has to be, right? <laughs> I don't know what his obsession with killing water towers is, but... Yeah. 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 And so I guess the only frustrating thing for me is that I really wanted to see, to see the beetle in this story, but it's kind yeah. of just a, mid, I, a middle chapter. I was going to say this felt very like the step that we're taking to get to the good story. Exactly. Because I don't right. think I actually enjoyed this one a whole lot. Okay, uh, yeah. I don't think it was bad, but I don't think mm. anything really exciting or fun happened. Right, um, right, right. But it did feel like it was setting something up that that's mm. going to be interesting because, I mean, not much plot happens. We follow this guy and the camera crew, and then we learn about him being uh, the Gibbon. Sure. Uh, and then we kind of have a little bit of a fight with Spider-Man and Gibbon, and then that's about it. Like, nothing big really happens like the plot wise right but right so it for me it just felt like a setup of what they want to do that's true uh but i also didn't hate it like I, the, the art is really great there's some fun panels uh in particular i really like on digital page 14 uh okay. original 13 the uh the last panel there is with the beetle and yes. it's so good. The lighting on it is fantastic. The inking is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like this dramatic yellowy orange bright light shining on the beetle's face and on his mask. Yep. It's very, very good. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and it's funny because I got to point out that if everyone, for anyone who listened last week, um, Spider um, Spectacular number fifty eight was the first issue of Spider Man I ever bought as a kid. Right. So I I did not read this issue for like thirty years. Right? Okay. I never knew, and of course, I was a little bit disappointed because objectively, like you said, it's just not as good as the last mm-hmm. issue. Right. 
but still probably i mean i know that we both probably enjoyed the frank miller annual more yeah but i i thought the writing in this was still yeah. good you know yeah i still did like it so oh for sure and and we also so we leave on another cliffhanger with the beetle right uh but finally he's confronting spider-man so there'll definitely be something uh next issue about that so i'm pretty excited uh, right, but, but you you know what you're right. Maybe it's just because last issue I thought it was so good. This one felt right. like a little bit of a letdown because I felt like we really didn't like get the payoff that we were promised from last issue in this one. It could, it could also be because they're building up to number sixty. For sure, sixty is the the fifth anniversary. Oh, uh, okay, could be that. That yeah. could be it. Yeah, they're kind of just marking time. Um, so yeah, and also I got to point out that this month, if you read the letters page of 59, this, this month, Tom DeFalco becomes the editor of all the Spider-Man comics. So oh, cool. I think that's why we're going to see some changes coming in the creative teams, which we'll see as we go along. But yeah, I think, uh, things are about to pick up a little bit because we know that Roger Stern is eventually moving to amazing. I'm just not sure exactly when right. but it's coming soon. Yeah. So. The, I think the stories are all getting better. I mean... Right. Even the Amazing Spider-Man story, it, it, I don't think it was as bad as some of the other ones, but... Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that, for the most part, this was a pretty good month. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I think it was half and half, to be honest. Like, I yeah. like the Spectacular, I like the Amazing Annual, but then the Amazing and the Marvel Team-Up were not as good, I okay. think. Yeah, I think the Marvel Team-Up was a little bit better for me, but I, I was sure. kind of there for the, like, corny throwback. Sure. So yep. I enjoyed it for that reason. Like, just right. like if I were to watch those old 60s uh, Spider-Man or 80s uh, Spider-Man TV shows, kind of has that same feel for me, so. Sure, yeah. Good point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so overall, a pretty good month for Spidey. And next week, we will be covering Amazing 222, Marvel Team-Up 111, and Spectacular number 60. Yes, we will. And that's uh, all of November of Spidey Comics from 1981. If you guys want to check us out at Comic Syndicate on Twitter and the Comic Book Syndicate on Facebook, we'd love to hear what you guys think about the episodes. Uh, you can leave us comments on our YouTube page or... Uh, tweet at us or send us messages on Facebook. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the episodes and the comics we're reading. That's right. So until next week, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right. See you then. Bye.